When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Always appreciate you checking out the series. For all of you all who have subscribed, thank you so much. For the ones who don't, uh, we put out new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if this is your type of thing, if you want to keep up with your favorite artists and discover new ones and know what's happening in the music world, uh, hit that subscribe button. Let us uh, let us deliver the goods straight to you three times a week. You can find us at all the major hotspots, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, just type in Kyle Meredith with subscribe. And we'll take care of the rest. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with uh, one of my all-time heroes, singer-songwriter Mr. Paul Weller. He is back with his uh, his umpteenth album. It's called On Sunset, and we're going to get into, well, first, writing in multiple genres. This is, uh, this is an artist 
who changes it up from every single release. Yes, there's a little bit of soul in here, and we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to get into the freedom of studio experimentations. There's a lot of experimentations happening on this record. And, and you know, just the art of not repeating yourself. It's probably, as, as Paul Weller will tell you, one of the most important things to him. Of course, we'll also get into the lyrics and themes. Uh, one of the lines he talks about in this interview is about people changing, but the systems staying the same. It's a mouthful to say, by the way. Having ultimate positivity in the face of extreme turmoil. I think we all can understand what that's about right now. And also looking back, in fact, uh, on Sunset, this new album finds Paul Weller doing something that he rarely does. And, and that is looking back at his past, uh, really taking a moment of nostalgia. That comes after a trip back to L.A.'s famous Sunset Strip that he's going to tell us about. And some really touching sentimental moments about the love that he has for his kids. So without further ado, let's jump in to it. I, I'm so excited to be introducing this and interviewing and, and, and talking with the man himself, I suppose. It's Kyle Meredith with Paul Weller. Hi, Kyle. Yeah, I'm good, man. Very good. I gotta, I gotta compliment you on Sunset. You know, every single time you put out a record, I'm always surprised by what you do. I, I'm, I always find myself enjoying it, but I find that there's something extra happening with this record that... Um, it's 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 another level for you. I I don't know if you're feeling that, but I but I definitely sense that on my side of things. So my you know I'll I'll start with the compliments and congrats congratulations on this record. We're gonna go we're gonna go downhill from here. Um, <laughs> we were reaching, but we always we always kind of trying to do that. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's I think it's been billed as a few different things on this record. And I know it's not really just just a soul record or an R and B, but I know you're a longtime fan of that. And for those elements that are in this, they are very contemporary sounding. Do you approach those genres different nowadays than you might have in the past? Well, I mean, I'm trying to avoid genres as best I can. I mean, because I think, to me, the older I get, right, and the more music I hear, it all just gets mushed up into one beautiful thing to me, really. So in one song, there's loads of so many different influences. And uh, and obviously, yeah, yeah I mean, the intention was to make something quite soulful sounding in our own way but they, but in one song you know there could be lots and lots of different little layers and different little um different influences so to me it's all one really well i know that is especially true in that very first song with mirrorball i mean talking about so yeah. many pieces so many sounds so many movement i mean this sounds like a musician's playground is happening right here w was that the case <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean well yeah it's always beautiful to be i mean i've got a very very, very lucky. Right, we've got. I've got my own studio, which is a nice little part of the world as well, down just outside London. So I don't have to watch the clock and all that stuff, and we have time, to, chance to experiment and and improvise and whatever. But I kind of, I sort of had that. I didn't. I won't say I've mattered all the sounds in my head, but I had that kind of little middle bit mapped out, kind of how I thought it should sound and how I wanted it to be. It was kind of like it was really like with. A lot of that was with edits, so there was a lot of kind of engineering more in that. But I just really had the idea, more than the actual song, I had the kind of idea on paper and where I wanted it to go and which section, you know, this part will be a different section. But of course, you know, lots of things happen as you just recorded, you know, it, it, spontaneous things happen and, and take it off. And like the whole groove thing at the end, we just loved that groove so much, I could just, I can have a whole side of that for me. But um, so all those things just come at, come to us at the time, you know, there are a lot of spontaneous things as well. But the actual structure's kind of worked out beforehand, or at least at least the, uh, yeah, the structure of it, yeah. Well, kind of hearing, the, being able to hear all that in your head, because like I said, for so many different surprises to kind of pop up, I mean, that's that's so impressive. And, and, and you said that Groove at the End was a lot of fun. I, I'll bring up another song that I can apply that same phrase to, because the song More, 
I mean, that jam that you guys right. get, that is that is a great moment uh, of the record. And it seems yeah. like that's those moments that you're having all across this, like letting loose and, and just kind of going with the groove. Yeah. Was, was that purposeful or just that happens? Well, I think it just happens, really. I don't know if that's always planned. I mean, we probably did. We probably had sort of already decided we were going to have a long fade out on that track because it felt like it, you know, we had the idea, ideas for brass and get Josh on it. Josh McCrory plays lead guitar at the end. But again, you know, but again, it's kind of, you know, it's a team effort and, and a pretty much a, a spontaneous thing as well, really. I don't know, maybe it's just the older you get, you just think you can take a few more liberties, really, and have a seven-minute track and explore it a little bit, you know. On that song, on more, did the bass line come first or the idea of a French vocalist? Because they seem like a very obvious compliment. That bass line is a very French-style groove to it, too. Well, I'm not sure, because that, that thing you're saying, the bass line, right, is just me playing the acoustic guitar, the dong, go dong, gong, 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 gong. Um, so that kind of, yeah, I mean, the whole groove sort of come off that. And then Stan Kyber, who's the other producer, my producer, he had the idea of the, the rhythm section on it and rhythm pattern on it. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of, that, I had that as a song as well. We kind of very loosely on, played on acoustic guitar. So we kind of, that was another one we sort of made the arrangement up as we went along, really. It does seem like a really perfect intertwining of, like, computer-made sounds and these organic moments, these organic instruments, which a lot of music is, mm. you know? I mean, a lot of people kind of make that marriage, but it, it almost sounds like it's used as a point on this record to kind of to show those marrying. And I, I didn't know if that was, if, if, if I'm off on that, uh, on that thought or not, but it sounds like it was sort of made to be obvious like that. I don't know if, we, if it was meant to be that obvious. I think it's just, uh, it's just us, um, using all our, all of us using our best of our capabilities. So me and the band hopefully playing well, and then Stan and Charles is the engineer, you know, really doing their thing as well, you know, which is like another instrument again, I guess, you know, sonically and effects and whatever else they do. But um, I think that's just when, because we've all, we've done a number of records all together now in this particular sort of lineup. So I guess all those things feed into it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of being out on the road for like five years together or however fucking long it's been, maybe longer. Um, I think, you know, just that thing of all, yeah, just becoming more ensemble playing and, and everyone complimenting each other or trying to. And the engineers and uh, and producer as well. Now, to find all those sounds, I mean, I mean, and I'm talking from record to record because, again, that that's not an obvious thing coming off of a record like True Meanings, you know, being a very different style, you know, and something like that. I mean, swinging that pendulum again. I mean, are are these instances ever reactionary for you? I, I know there's some sense of just letting whatever happen happen, but but especially going from an album like that to an album like that, do you ever find that it's it's reactionary? Like I have to swing away from what I just did. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd be think of it along those lines. I'd just think, well, I don't want to make another one like that. But maybe I'd come back in a few years' time and do another acoustic record. Who knows? But but I wouldn't certainly want to make a part two. You know, I've never never ever wanted to do that. It was like when Stanley Vogue came out in the nineties, and that was a big record for over here anyway. And I think everyone expected it was going to be Stanley Vogue part two. You know, and it <laughs> just never happened. Do you know what I mean? So what what would be the point? Right. And maybe more for like, I suppose when you're starting out as a young band, you know, you kind of establish the sound and I could see that, see the point in that. But I'm not at that. So I, I, yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm more conscious of not repeating myself, you know, which gets increasingly more difficult the older you get and the more you do. <laughs> I would imagine. But, you know, I, I think we're, we've all been set up for that. I mean, even going back to those early days, going just from the jam to the style council should have set everybody up for, you know, kind of gearing, 
getting ready for not knowing what to expect next. I mean, you've, you've made an entire career out of that. And um, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah, but, it, but it's more that thing. I, I don't like to think I'm repeating myself. That's, it comes more from that. I, w- I want to bring up this song, which is probably one of my favorites off the record. And that's uh, equanimity. Right. Is this like a pacifist call to action? Is, is that a fair assessment? Well, I mean, it kind of works on a few different levels, that song, you know. I mean, for me, right, it's got a different meaning because I'm kind of sort of talking about me and my wife and uh, how we could do with some sort of equanimity at times and in our family generally. But so it's kind of me sort of along those, talking along those lines. But then I can also see it as the general philosophy in the world as well, which would never, ever fucking happen, but one can, one can only dream. But anyway, but... Um, yeah, because we live in such extreme times and such extreme and behaviour. So I don't know, yeah, so it, it could kind of work on both levels. But, but then the verses are different again, you know, they've got that sort of kind of slight sort of cabaret Berlin 30s sort of thing to them, or in my head anyway. But they, um, ah, they kind of try and say, you know, look, life is so short. They don't say this in this, such words, but life is so short and, uh, and death is one certainty we've got. So we should really try and get, get on them. And so it's got a little bit of that message to it as well, I suppose. I don't know. But, you know, on that grander scale, then, um, if we can speak to that for a moment, because I know, you know, for some artists, you kind of you, you hope to inspire, you know, whether it's uh, a, a yeah. what the world needs now message, which does creep up in this or whatever. For you, you know, in those moments where you might hope to to kind of push that bigger message, do you ever find that that is a, a heavy rock to pull because, you know, inspiring through music isn't new, and and it is something that we all need from time to time. But you know, to to mm. push that mus- message out over and over and over, and then look out the world and see what we're in now, does that ever get frustrating? Mm. Well, it's frustrating because I mean, you're saying the same things decade after decade, and that just means nothing really too much changes, you know. But then you'll see some other act of kindness in the world, or even just around you, and then you think, ah, oh, actually, I do believe in, I do believe in us, and we have got good in us. And including myself, you know, and everyone really. So you're, so, yeah, you inevitably, if you, unless you change your views radically, but you inevitably sort of end up saying the same things because systems never change, do they? That's the thing. I think people sometimes move on and change, but the systems are sort of stay the same, don't they? Do you know what I mean? To have any kind of positivity, that that's what I'm usually surprised with in musicians, and maybe that's a reactionary thing too. Like when it gets so dire that that we kind of our body just takes over in those positive moments. And I'll bring up another song in here with the first thing with Earthbeat because that's what I get from that. It's mm. this positivity in the yeah. face of of what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was written way, way, way before the COVID nineteen epidemics and all that stuff and lockdowns. But yeah, that, I would say that's exactly what it's trying to sort of get out. I was thinking of the joy when I was writing it, of the joy that I feel from, uh, and I'm just sound probably very sentimental and sloppy, but I'll say it anyway. The joy I get from when I see my, my baby daughter, she's nearly probably to be free in July. Um, she just is the most, and I'm sure all parents say she's, but she's the most beautiful, kind little person, trusting and lovely. And I just think she encapsulates everything I believe in, really. I was trying to capture. I was trying to put that into that song. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, sentimental on those moments, right there. Uh, I mean, I think we can all well, connect to that. You know, for me, right, I just look at the things. If nothing else, and I've got many things, I'm a very lucky, man. But if there was nothing else, right, I would be alive just to see her. So that's kind of. Yeah, that's what I was trying to capture with that, really. I, I know this doesn't quite fit into that right there, but, 
you know, in, in the in the press release, it, it does mention that this album does take a rare glance in the rear view. And I was wondering if if that's true. Was there any particular prompt that brought the looking back? Well, mainly for it's, I don't know if it's in all the songs, but there's a few songs, obviously, like Old Father Time and On Sunset as well, which I wrote that probably about two years ago. And I went to visit my son, my oldest son, who lives in L.A., in Los Angeles. So I went to see him anyway. And I was staying really near the strip. And I was staying right near the whiskey on that on the corner there. And I was staying in a hotel very nearby anyway. And so I was just walking around that little neighborhood and then going down, I saw the Sunset Marquee as well, that hotel. And anyway, so a lot of little sort of landmarks, which I thought, oh, fuck, you know, I haven't been around here for ages. Right? And these are the first places I ever saw when I was 19, first time I come to America, when we played the whiskey. <laughs> and I was trying to think, my God, yeah, that's like sort of, I don't know, 43 years ago or whatever it is, you know, a long time ago. And um, and not realising how much time had gone by, you know. And I was thinking, Jesus, trying to imagine myself as a young man of 19, being in Los Angeles then and... Uh, and then coming back as, a, as an old man, you know. Anyway, so it was kind of, a, it was really about that, you know, and quite reflective. Yeah, I'd imagine this, then I'd just take it further and I'd think, well, imagine this character who goes looking for, like, old friends or old lovers and everyone's gone or moved on or married or whatever. And, uh, and without realising all this time's elapsed, you know, because you've been busy doing whatever else or living or whatever. So really, you know, like a little story like that, I suppose. Does that happen with the music at all, too? Like... Like, you know, it is fun, you know, kind of uh, searching for an artist. I don't know if influence is the right word, but, you know, favorite sounds within it. Like, I'll bring up Equanimity again. Like, I hear a little bit of Beatles in there. And, and there was the moment at the yeah. start of the title track. Like, with that sound of the ocean, it was hard not to expect to hear Roger Daltrey kind of sneaking in, you know, <laughs> you know or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, I wasn't thinking of Roger, even though I do love him and I think about him often. But I was just thinking of Los Angeles. Where I was imagining that sound down by Santa Monica Beach. Suddenly, the uh, the sound of the ocean becomes iconic. You know, it's in a way that I didn't expect. Anyway, that's the uh, yeah. Well, the the whole record uh, again. I can't compliment you enough on Sunset. This is such a high water mark that you have pulled off here. So again, congratulations, oh, man. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, man. Yeah, Paul, it has been such yeah. a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time today. Pleasure too, mate. Yeah. We'll see yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words as well. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. See you around. Bye. My thanks. The legendary Paul Weller. Again, the new record is called On Sunset. It's absolutely one of my favorites right now. you got to check it out. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to you for listening to this episode as well. Uh, again, if you're a subscriber, thank you so much. If you're not and uh, you feel so inspired, I do hope you hit that button. Again, you can find us at all the spots, uh, any spots that you get your podcast from. That does include Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcast, and all of the rest. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, that's 6 p.m. Monday through Friday at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on uh, all the social media platforms, the major ones anyway, just at Kyle Meredith. Please do follow and like in the appropriate places. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.